The one to give the greatest clap to is our God, isn't he? Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. We worship you, Lord. You are mighty, Lord. You are mighty. You are awesome, God. I praise you for what you've done. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. You know, wow, these lights are bright. (laughs) And they're warm, too, yes. You know, I was thinking about, we were singing that last song, and I'm thinking, wow, God, you're the greatest friend this man has ever known. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, if you really stop, just stop and just grab a hold of what's going on around you in your whole life and look back a little bit and see where God's brought you. It's like, oh, God, you're so good. You're so good. And the part is we really don't deserve it. I mean, really. I mean... I don't deserve it. I don't know about you guys, but I know better than that, you know. Wow. He's an awesome God, and I'm so grateful. The other thing I'm grateful, really grateful for, is uh, my wife. We're going to get one of these days, one of these days next year, we'll celebrate 50 years of being together, of her putting up with me. (laughs) No, it's actually a tremendous teamwork. I tell young people this. I'm thinking about getting married. I said, if you don't like to give, don't get married, you'll end up in divorce. Because marriage is a giving institution. And that's what it's all about. It's about giving. And giving, 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 and it's giving 100%. None of this 50-50. The world teaches 50-50. God says we give it all. And when you give it all, it ends up being a blessing. You know, they become your helpmate. And this isn't my sermon, but a helpmate. You know what a helpmate is? If you go back into the, into the very Hebrew... You will find out help means anything that you as a man lacks, they fulfill and make you strong. And anything you're strong in, they make you stronger. That's a helpmate. Then you need to go to the New Testament, and it says in Corinthians, it says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And what did he do? Gave himself for it. He died. And it says, Women, submit unto your husband as Christ, you know, But what's the ultimate of submission? Death. So guess what? We both submit to each other. That's love. That's unconditional love. Isn't that amazing? That's just a sidetrack there. (laughs) But it's a powerful one because of 50 years of marriage. You know, Lori has been a, a tremendous lady. I was sharing with somebody back here that we were in the South Pacific Islands and we were, we were, we were there preaching and through the whole island, and um, and she got to preach to the governor's wife. Well, anyway, if we get there and we're they're dedicating a big stadium, we get to preach and do the worship and all this stuff. This is our our night, and we're sitting next to the governor's wife, and they cover you in lays. You're buried in lays where you can't breathe anymore because they're all orchids and stuff. For me, anyway, it's like whoa, this is over the top, man. But anyway, she preached the word to the ladies. Of course, she doesn't let me ever come to hear her preach. But anyway, she preached the word to the ladies, and they gave her the same honors they only give to kings because she touched their hearts with God's word. God's word did what it was supposed to do, touch their hearts. You know, and I preached through the whole island, and it was powerful. It was absolutely exemplary powerful. We went into one church, 
and the church was getting ready to split. But they don't tell you this stuff when you enter it. You just enter it in because they want revival. Well, they got revival. And what it all stemmed from was this little lady came up, and she was actually couldn't speak any English, so it didn't matter. So I used tongues. It's better that way. I don't understand her. She doesn't understand me. Praise <laughs> the Lord. <laughs> so I've got my hands like this on both sides of her head, and I'm praying for her. She grabs my hands and slams them on her eyes, and her eyes were instantly open. She was blind. And the church went absolutely bongos. Literally out of control. That lady took off because the word of God went forth and touched her life. It was the word of God. And she received that measure of faith. Her faith didn't come from her head. It came from her heart. She was ready to receive. It was a heart faith thing. Oh, my goodness gracious. And that was just the beginning. The whole place went that way. Once that miracle happened, miracles bombarded the place. They started repenting to the pastor weeping, just, you name it, it was taking place. It had nothing to do with man, it had all to do with God. All to do with God. I can't take credit for any of that, other than I was had enough brains to go there and hold these meetings. I mean, that's really what it is. You're just a, a vessel walking out there with the word of God and speaking his word in truth, changing lives around you. But it has effect, major effect. But I want to read some scripture here. This place has the worst lighting I'm serious. Praise the Lord for a new building which is coming soon. <laughs> I don't even have to wear glasses other places, but here? Wow. I'm going to read some scripture to you here. It's in Proverbs 4.22. And it's God's word is a life to them that find it and life unto your flesh. And the other scripture is Mark 11.24. Okay, I got this. No, it's Romans ten seventeen. Faith cometh by hearing, by hearing by the word of God. And also Hebrews eleven six. But without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that God is, and that he is rewarder of them that diligently seek him. But without faith it is impossible to please God, for he that cometh to God must believe that God is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently, diligently, diligently seek him. And then I'm going to read another scripture here to you. Um, Acts 14, 7 through 10. And I'm actually going to break this down. Instead of reading that right now, I'll break it down. But anyway, what I'm going to talk to you about is faith. Not, not what we're thinking about faith. We think about faith in our intellectual mind, faith. Well, if I say this, I speak this, this will happen. That is what we say in our mind. If I say this and I do this, if I speak the word just so, this will happen. Because that's kind of how we're taught. So it's a mind trip. But then what happens to us when we get in a situation that we're in that we need help from God, instead of operating the faith that God has established for us, we operate in a mindset faith. So we never get nothing from God. Do you realize that? The reason the church isn't operating in the power and the truth that it should operate is because of the measure of faith we're working in is out of our mind. It's not coming from our heart. And the way you get heartfelt faith, you know what heartfelt faith is? Well, here's an example of non-heartfelt faith. 
in how we speak it. We'll speak like, oh, well, I'm going to pray for this to happen. I'm going to believe God for this. I'm going to speak his word. I'm going to do everything right, and I'm hopeful it will happen. You ain't going to get nothing from God. I'm going to tell you that right now. You're wasting your time. You're absolutely wasting your time. Because God does. God was not a liar. He operates on his principles and his truth. He set those truths up for us. Okay, then how do we operate in faith? What's the kind of faith that God wants us to operate? How do we get that head knowledge into our heart? How do we make it operate from our heart? You know where it comes from? The preaching of the word. The preacher. You're the hearing of the word is what changes our heart. We have to hear the word of God. Our pastor talked about, about uh, Joshua and Caleb. What made those two men different than the other ten? What made them so different than the other ten? The giants were there. There was nothing. When you looked at it in the natural sense, which what we do in our natural sense, we're looking at everything in our natural sense, our minds clicking, everything, oh, we can't do this. We're struggling with this. We're having this difficulty. We're having this difficulty in healing, deliverance, finances, whatever it is. Because of our mindset, we're not dealing with our heart set. There's a huge difference. It's between victory in non-victory, that's how huge it is. If you want victory from God, you need to know your God. You need to know this word. When I preach the word and tell you the truth, when you see signs and wonders, that will affect you. You remember the lame men? Paul went to meet, uh, pray with the Barnabas, went to pray with this man who was crippled from the time he was birthed. You remember that? All Paul, he never heard nothing but what Paul preached. Paul preached Jesus Christ in the covenant promises of Jesus Christ, what Jesus accomplished on the cross, the victory of the cross. Those men seen signs and wonders that God performed. They heard of signs and wonders. Paul seen it all. He was out to kill them because they were so effective. Jesus performed more miracles for, in those days than a book could even contain. They can't even write a book big enough to contain all the signs and wonders our God performed. That's what they preached. They didn't have a Bible. They had God's truth, the truth of what Jesus Christ did and what he walked in. The covenant promises of what he walked in. We've got to take that from our head, place it in our heart. And the way that comes is from hearing the word, from hearing the word of God and placing it and devouring it and devouring it until it becomes a place in our heart that changes us. It doesn't happen by accident. It happens only when we choose to. So we've got to change our mindset. We've got to get out of this intellectual thing and allow the word to feed our mind and our spirit and let the spirit come alive and let that fruit come forth and let the word come alive. You need to devour this word and let it come alive in you. Devour God's covenant promises. Devour the word that these men preach day and night. They preach Jesus Christ's signs and wonders and the power of his glory and life-changing experiences. That's what he preached. That's what those men were preaching. Those men seen signs and wonders for three solid years. Those apostles and others that lived in that day seen literally thousands and thousands of thousands of miracles and signs and wonders performed. You don't think they had faith? Oh my goodness. So as a preacher, you need a, I need to preach the word of God, God's truth, God's fire, God's anointing that will transform, that will change your life, that will get you so stirred up that it goes from here to here. I can do that. Nothing can stop me. The word of God is truth. I'll take that word. I will do it. I will believe God no matter what happens, no matter what hell tries to do against me. I will not move from that. That's where we've got to come to. 
We have to go from here into a steadfastness that will literally change the world we walk in. Literally change it. Literally change it. My wife, she's there. I usually don't share many stories about her, but this is a good one. I should have her come up and share it herself. She had cancer. And she was battling with it. It was a struggle for a time. But until she took it from here, but she, it was between her conversation with her and her God. Between her and her God. But until she took it from here and put it here and became steadfast and said, that's it. I've had it. That's faith. That's when faith kicked in and they ended. It was over. Not until then. You want victory? You have to come to that point where you become so steadfast. What did, what did Caleb and Joshua do that was so different? They came back. That's nothing for God because they knew their God. They knew his word. Joshua was on the side of the mountain with, 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 with Moses. He seen it all. Do you don't think Moses and him walked down that mountain not conversing what took place in the side of that mountain? I'll guarantee you they had a great conversation. The glory of God shining all over Moses falling on Joshua. The glory falling on Joshua too. He, but Joshua's halfway up. He, seen, uh, he was listening to the garbage going on down below the hill and also waiting for Moses to come down. He waited for it, diligently seeking the presence of God. He was hungry after the presence of God, and he got the reward, or he got to go into the promised land. But more than that, when the chips were down, and he had to go in and check on the giants of the land, what did he choose? He says, no problem for my God. We can do this. No problem at all. We can take these armies. They're nothing but grasshoppers. They're nothing that's the attitude we've got to have for our finances, for sickness, disease, whatever it is. It's nothing but a grasshopper for our God. Nothing is able to stop us. Church, you are a giant. Satan's nothing but a roaring lion seeking who he can devour. He can't devour you unless you let him. He can do nothing. He can't even read your mind. He can't read your mind and he has no creative power. Only God does. That's the God we serve. He has set us up to be victorious on this earth. To shine. John 10.10 10 says Jesus came to bring life and abundant life now and here. Satan came to steal, rob, kill, and destroy. Check your life. What's going on around you? Is there destruction going on? Is there condemnation going on? Know who it is. It's Satan. He's doing a number on you. Shut him up. Stop him at the name of Jesus Christ. He has no power. At that name, and don't even think twice about it. Every knee shall bow, and Satan has already been made a footstool underneath the feet of Jesus Christ. He has no rights. Don't give him any. Get this word so alive in you that it will change how you think and talk. That heartfelt faith will rise up within you because it takes heartfelt faith to change the world around you. I've been in situations I shouldn't have been in. But the power of God. I'm going to give you a good example. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What did they say to that king, Herod? He says, oh, you go ahead and throw us into your fiery furnace. We don't care. Our God will deliver us. Whoa, that made that boy angry. He was upset. What did those boys end up doing? Because of their trust in God. They hung out with Daniel. People. He walked out of the lion's den. The lions were shut their mouths up. Couldn't eat them. They threw all the worshipers in there, or the Satan worshipers in there, basically what they were. 
Before they even hit the ground, their bones were crushed. That's the God we serve. And what happens to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They're in the furnace. And guess what? The glory of God comes down, the presence of God. They're having a Holy Ghost time in a blazing furnace. Literally. They're having a hallelujah, glorious Holy Ghost time in a prison, in a fiery furnace. I'm serious. Think about it. That didn't ha- that's, that's not by accident. And guess what's in our life? They didn't have what we have. They don't even have close to what we have. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't have close to what we have. We have the power and the anointing, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. He took the authority and power away from Satan, made him a footstool under him. He has no more power, no more authority. The curse of the law has been done away with, so he has no more curse. He's redeemed us from the curse of the law, hanging on a tree, becoming a curse for us. So even the curse has no right in our life. None. The other day, Rick came over to my house. And he says, man, it's raining over my house. How come it's not raining here? I says, because we prayed that no rain would hit our house. Why not? I did it for years. Jobs I'd go on to, we'd ask God to protect just around the building site so we could complete our job. My son does the same thing today, and it works. The other day, Pastor Daniel and I, we need to get his bees back in his hive, honey. We prayed instantly like a funnel straight down into that box, that Thousands of bees. I think it was 10,000. There was so many bees, I've never seen nothing like in my life. Instantly in 30 seconds, we're all in that box. That's God's word coming forth in truth. That's not coming from your head. Your head says, oh, well, maybe if I pray this, they might go in there. They ain't going to leave that tree. Why? Who are they going to obey? They obey God, yes. They obey his word. But if we speak his word, and we speak it with faith heart faith, believing what he is because he's God. He loves those bees. He loves Pastor Daniel. He wants those bees in there. So the two of us agreed. We're two or more gathering in the name. It could have been angels that just funneled them right in there. Whoop! That's God's business, not ours. We don't care. He put them in there for us. God's a big God. You know, people say, well, how can you say you have authority over the weather and stuff? I'll tell you what. Jesus didn't rebuke his father when the storm when he was on the boat. You have authority over the weather. It says Elijah was a mere man like you or I. He prayed three days that it would stop raining. It stopped raining for three solid years. He prayed again that it would start raining, and it started raining. It says he in James, it says that you're a mere man like you or I. Why? Because his faith wasn't here. It was here. He knew his God. No questions asked. How do you get you know your heart? Let the word of God pierce your heart. Let it change your heart. Let it mold you. Let it condition you. Let, it, let, the, let the things of God, the, 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 the compassionate power of God. God loves us. He gave us a way that's unbelievable. Sometimes I look at this thing and say, God, really? Really? That's for me? I can walk in that kind of presence to give you glory? Me? I'm a farm boy from Minnesota. I own the blacksmith shop. But I'll show you how God blesses people. At nine years old, I had my own business. Very successful. Why? Because of my God. There's ten kids and five foster kids. I had the only new bicycle. I had new tents. I had new everything. How did that happen? Because of my God. I'd lay prone before him and I'd worship him as a little boy. At 17 years old, I, had, I bought my own heavy equipment without my father's signature. After that, I got drafted, and they took it away, and my dad owned it all. (laughs) 
That was easy money for dad, but he deserved every bit of it. He put up with me. <laughs> it's true, but it shows you who God is. It has nothing to do with age. It has nothing to do with how many years you walk with God or how much you know. It has to do with just trusting him with your heart. And his covenant promises that change lives. It's powerful. It is a powerful, powerful thing. I'm amazed at it all. But God is like, oh, I could tell you so many things about our God. I just, if there's a love I have that's phenomenal in my heart, with all my imperfections, it's such a love for my God and because of what he's done for this man. I mean, there's times I've fallen on my face and just weeped unconditionally because of what he did. Not because of sadness. Out of absolutely joy in my heart that God would even use me. Let alone bless me and watch over me and care for me. And all I did was take his word and just speak that word into that situation. I did nothing else. But I trust him. The key is I trust him with my heart, not with my mind. Move it from your heart, your head to your mind. And the way you do that is this word. This word is powerful. You have to get that within your heart and say, I believe it. That settles it. It's over with. No more of questioning it. Well, if God does this, or I've heard another lady that I was praying for in Assemblies of God Church, someplace in lower 48. She says to me, God gave me this cancer to teach me something. And I said, to, oh, that's really good news. My God's a double portion God. You know what I'm going to do for you to bless you so you can even learn more? I'm going to ask God to bless you with a double portion of cancer. Her face dropped straight down. I says, that is how stupid the words that just came out of your mouth, lady. Do you want to be healed because by his stripes he's already accomplished it on the cross? Are you tired of getting beat up by Satan or do you want to be set free? Because he's beating you up and he's winning. He's got your mouth. He's got your control. He's got everything. You're not speaking life on your body. You are cursing it right to the grave. Yet she loved Jesus. Don't get me wrong. That woman loved Jesus. But I had to get hardcore with her and I had to get right in her face to get her mindset to change, to change her mindset and get it back into her heart and start trusting Jesus. So we started, I started repeating word after word after word that would encourage her to choose life and not death. So finally she says, please pray for me. I want to be healed now. The woman was instantly healed. She went to the doctor. The cancer was instantly gone. My brother had terminal cancer, brain cancer, wrapped around his brain cells up there. He was dead in three months. This just happened. Three months, he told the doctor, the doctor says, get your stuff together, you're dying. It's over. My brother says, no. My God is a healing God. Baby Christian. A baby Christian. Probably only two years in the faith. We has a crazy brother. Me. <laughs> anyway, he prayed, he told that doctor, he says, no way. My God has healed me. I'm believing for his healing. It's a done deal. Three months later, all they seen in my brother's head was an echo where it was at. Six months later, even the echo left his head. Why? Because my brother took it from his head. It wasn't head knowledge. He wasn't begging God and just speaking things to like get wealthy. Oh, Lord, I'm going to be prosperous. I'm going to be this and that. You can speak all day of that stuff. But until you put it in your heart and let faith arise within you, it will do nothing. 
you will accomplish nothing. People say, well, how is that possible? It's true. God honors his word. God honors his word. He honors it. He honors his truth. He will not lie. God cannot lie. He'll rise up and do what, he's, what it will be accomplishes, and that's what it is. You know, God's a big God. He wants to be a big God in your life, in your marriages, in your home, in your businesses. Everything you touch or do, God is in control. Fact of life, he is in control. If we allow him to be in control and we allow him to allow his word to come alive within us and we allow that word to change lives around us. We have power, so we need to start speaking that truth. Find a covenant promise that pertains to your life. Read it over, read it over, read it over, read it over, read it over. Read words of God that, that will affect your situation that you're in. Get it so planted in you that no matter what happens around you, your feet are stood in the gospel, you can't get out of it. It says, have your feet shotted with the gospel of peace. That means put your feet in a bucket of concrete until it cures. You can't get out of it. You're stuck there with the shield of faith, firing off every dart that Satan puts at you. That's Ephesians chapter 6. And you stand there with that shield of faith, you quench those fiery darts. But you can't move out of that concrete because that word is truth, and that's it. It's settled, I'm done, I'm standing here, and I'm not moving. No matter what happens, hell come or bend. I am standing on this thing. And not a demon in hell is going to move me out of it. You will have what you're standing for, no questions asked. You will have it. That's powerful. That's victory. People say, well, I'm not too sure about this. Why this happens, that happens. I'll tell you why. You can't even enter the kingdom of God unless you have childlike faith. I didn't say that. Jesus did. You have to have faith of the mustard seed, but we want heart faith. Heart faith. Faith that changes our heart, that affects our heart, where we become just like, yeah, that's it. My God says this and this and this, and that's the end of it. No questions asked. You never question it in your mind. You start questioning. Now, Satan's going to try to throw little thoughts in your mind. You tell him, get behind me, Satan. You're a liar and a thief. I do not believe you. I believe God's word, which is truth. And the truth will set me free, no matter what I do. That's powerful. But that's us. That's who we are in Christ Jesus. We need to walk in such authority. It will change this community. When we start walking in that measure of faith, people will see who we are in Christ Jesus. He will see who we represent, that we represent the great I am, the creator of the heaven and the earth, that he has given us all power and authority to do the work that he's called us to do. So to measure up with that measure of faith that God has given us, he's given it to us, but we have to exercise it. We have to exercise it. And the way you exercise it is this word. There are so many men in this book here, you can read about them, that never heard anything until they were preached to. The word was preached to them. They were told about the signs and the wonders, the greatness of God, the power of God, the glory of God. They performed signs and wonders. They seen it. Their faith went straight to the ceiling and great joy would fall upon the cities. Literally entire cities would be transformed because of the great joy and the power of God because of their level of faith was risen so high that it changed lives around them. Faith is a powerful thing. It's something that we have to have as Christian believers. And we need each other to encourage one another. We need each other. When Jesus sent them out in twos, it was because they needed each other to encourage one another, to build one another up. 
Oh yeah, you remember what Jesus did? Now he said we can do the same thing. Yeah, let's give it a try. You know, I don't think they said let's give it a try. They just went for it because they knew God gave them authority to do it. It was a done deal. They didn't question any of it. We might do that in our minds when we're standing this. As long as we don't speak it, we're all right. We were out there with our buddy, and my wife and I were out there witnessing all oh, my wife's face really up to today, oh yeah, in my mind. Boom, everything's going great, you know. I'm relying on her face. We do think that way. Just don't speak it. Power's in the tongue. Blessing and cursing's in the power of the tongue. Prosperity's in the power of the tongue. Health's in the power of the tongue. Why is that? Why is that? How's that possible? The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, what does it do? It dwells in us. So that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, it's the same spirit when God spoke, created the heavens and the earth too, and moved across the face of the earth. It's the same spirit. So guess what? When we speak, we have creative power. It's a fact of life. When we speak, we can speak life or death. You can go into cash register. Some lady, I just did this. Lady was bitten, chewed out from somebody. When I left her, she was smiling because of the words that I put within her and around her of encouragement. That's who we are. We're encouragers. We're builders up. We're, we're, we're people of giving of life, encouragement. Speak life into your children. Speak life into this community. Stop begging God for revival. Start thanking God for revival because revival is in you. You can't get any more than what you got. You got the power of God. You got a measure of faith you need. You've got everything you need to transform this community. Hands down. Two of you have so much power. 10,000 angels will go to battle and drive Satan and his forces right out of this town. They don't have a chance. Think about that. Think about 50 people, what they got. Take 50 times God knows how many angels that will drive back the gates of hell. But we've got to take that faith level from our head, put it in our heart, and stand girded with the loins of truth, and let that truth go forth and drive back the gates of hell that have our community bound in anything else we're working on, our marriages, our family lives, our community, anything we have. We have that power and authority to do it. It's not by accident. God ordained it. He put it in place for the believers. You're a believer. You're a follower of Christ. You're a men and women of faith and children of God. Faith. He's given you everything. It's such an honor to be a servant of the Most High, to literally be an ambassador. We're ambassadors. We represent the King of Kings, the Creator of heaven and earth. We are His representatives. When you walk out there, you are an ambassador. Don't walk out there with your head down or poor me, poor this, poor that. What a waste of time. You know, in all the three homes I've lost in my life, one of them had $7,000 insurance, the other's none. I never had an attitude of defeat. Not once. Why? Because God had planted something in my heart, which I allowed him to do. This word was planted so deeply within my heart, in my trust in my God, it was so deep, I had no doubt in my mind he would take care of it. In fact, I told him he had a problem. I need a home and I need it now. That is the words I told my God. We had a conversation. I says, I need a home for my children and family. I've always put you first. I put your kingdom first. I've loved you with all my heart. 
I need a home and I need it now. Within three months, we had a brand new house paid for, sitting there twice as big. I only had $2,000 in the bank. That's the God I serve. That's the God you serve. I had a company. I had some difficulties and I had a partner, which was a mistake. He was a Christian man, so-called. He got greedy. He wanted it all. So I gave him the whole thing. Even the company I had for over 20 years, I gave him that too. I gave it all to him. Here, take it. You want it? Take it. A week later, God came through and gave me something even twice as big. Twice as big as what I just gave away. That man, instead of, and I loved that man. I talked to him. I did whatever I had to do. That man hated me because of what happened, how I got blessed, so blessed. I said, well, I can't change his feelings. I can pray for him, but I can't change his feelings. That's the God we serve. That's not Wally. Wally's no different. I put my pants on the same way you do. One leg at a time. I get up in the morning. I brush my teeth. I have bad breath. I have everything everybody else has. I am nothing but a man who loves a God that loves me. I'm just a man that literally, literally loves my God without understanding. I just love God. Because he's been so good to me. You have to understand, he has been so awesome to me. I mean, miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle I've seen. When I can't, when I got filled the whole, this is a crazy story. I went to a full gospel meeting. I was an evangelical covenant chaplain. I was working in a heroin cocaine center as a chaplain. And these, there's a bunch of full gospel businessmen there. And these men wanted me to come to that meeting. I never wanted to come to that meeting because they were a bunch of tongue-talking wild men. And I knew that. And the covenant church basically taught that went away with the apostles. And I went to seminary in Chicago, the whole works. Master's program, everything. I mean, I, I did it all, guys. I went to a counseling program, certified counseling. I went to it all. I'm going to tell you something. I finally went to that meeting one morning. It's 5.30 in the morning. I get in my truck. It says, God, they forgot to tell me how to get there. I don't want to go anyway. But if you want me to go, you show me. A 51 Dodge. This is in 1972, not in 51. 1972 or 3, somewhere in there. I get in this truck. God says, follow that old truck. Oh, I ain't going to follow that truck. That's stupid. Three times. Okay, God, I will follow this truck. I go to this house. And I said, is there a Bible study here? Great big guy. This guy had to be six, eight, six, nine. Big man. He says, this is it, brother. Puts his arms around. You're at the right place. Takes me into this place. There's a hundred and some men in this place worshiping God. Literally worshiping God. On fire. All, and Larry Thorson and I was a Salvation Army pastor. We're standing in the corner. We're standing in this corner like lampposts. And these guys are shouting and praising God, screaming and hollering, talking in tongues, singing, everything. And all of a sudden, they stop. Larry Thorson had club feet, MS. He was dying. Great guy. I loved him. Still, they still alive, by the way. He's all healed. Anyway, they said, God wants to heal you right now. Do you want to be healed? Well, what idiot? Even a Salvation Army pastor would want to be healed. You know what I mean? Even I would as a covenant pastor. Went down there. And uh, Larry Thorson was his name. If you're out there, Larry, praise God. Love you, brother. Anyway, they put him forward. He's sitting there. They start praying for him. One man prays out loud. The rest of them are praying in the spirit. All hundred and some of them are praying in tongues. One man speaking the word and authority. 
All of a sudden, that man starts screaming and hollering, Larry did. All of a sudden, they stopped, just like a choir director. Nobody told him to stop. The whole works just went, whoo. God wants you to watch for your faith, me. I got out of the lamppost corner, came over, and I stood over the top of Larry, and I watched that man's body reform before my eyes, twisted like jello. And the one leg was shorter than the other. And Arvid Pavarud, who was the president then, he put his hand out a foot longer than the other. He says, Father, show this man standing up here your God. Bam! That leg grew a foot longer than the other one. All Larry did was scream. And all of a sudden, he went like this, Father, make it whole. Just like that. Larry got up, started screaming and holler. All I did was raise my hands up and says, God, it's you. I want it now. And started talking in tongues. I was absolutely, from that day on, I was absolutely a wild man. I laid hands on cars, trucks, anything that moved. In fact, I came home that day. My wife told her, doctor told her she should never have another child. She had scoliosis of the spine. My heart was so full of faith. I jumped on that bed. It was still only 7 in the morning, guys. Saturday morning, she's sleeping yet. I'm, I couldn't stop talking in tongues. My mouth wouldn't stop. It just kept going steady. I'm just, she says, I'm pulling on your legs. I looked down and says, no, I'm not pulling on them. Somebody is, but it ain't me. <laughs> she was instantly healed. Because I took that head knowledge, put it in my heart. I had no doubt because of the signs and wonders I had seen. There was no doubt in this man's mind or heart. My wife was going to be healed because I just seen the miraculous. I seen who God was. I seen his word was real, that it didn't go away with the apostles. That it's real for today to change lives. My wife had another child too, praise the Lord. And nothing was wrong because she was perfectly healed because our God is God. He's on the throne. He wants to use you beyond understanding. But we have to change the way we think and the way we operate. The word faith is used too liberally in the church. It's all this a confession thing. No, people, you will get no place unless that confession is ruled out of your heart and you believe it. And the way you believe is by hearing the word. Getting in this church. Rodney Howard Brown, I like what he says. Get under the anointing. Get under the anointing. Get under the teaching of God. Get under the presence of God. It will change your life. And we proved that. We had the highest percentage of cure rate in the world in our drug and rehab center. Why? Because the word of God was planted and planted and planted in these men's hearts. Planted and planted all morning. The word was preached to them. Taught to them. Word of God. Scriptures. Not just scriptures. The things of God that mattered, the covenants of promises of God that would change lives. They were taught that day and night. They were not allowed to even take an aspirin in this center. Nothing for pain of any kind. Because our God was that big and would deliver them. Now, they didn't have to wait for hours for it to go away. Now, that was the center we ran. Because God was on the throne. We believed him, we trusted him. So the government came back after 10 years and said we had a 10-year career. We were claiming 70%. They came back and says, no, you're not. You have over 97% of people are still off drugs after 10 years. Why is that? Because of the word of God went through, planted it in their hearts. It was life-changing. They got a hold of it, and they stood on that word, and it changed their lives. That's what took place. That's true faith. That's the faith God's looking for. What a God we serve. The trouble with me is that clock is way too fast. Pastor Daniel, I want a slower clock. 
Either that, I'm going back to Africa because they asked me to preach from 9.30 in the morning till 2.30 in the morning. Seven-day revival meetings. 600 pastors and their wives and children. Try that gig and see how far you get. Even Jesus couldn't pull that stunt. <laughs> I couldn't do it. You realize that, don't you? No man could do that. But they were so hungry for God. So hungry, and their faith was at such a level, it blew me away. I had one girl, her name was Faith. She was being taken out into the, and I had, I had preached on real faith. The power of God, everything. She was going home, they didn't have any vehicles. One vehicle, it was owned by a doctor and an accountant. Husband was an accountant, the wife was a doctor. That was the only vehicle we had to ride in. That's how poor they were. One doctor for 50,000 people. So there was no doctors available. It's either God or death. Nothing in between. So they had no choice but to learn to trust and believe in God. And they did. They took it just, whoom, right now. They took it. That girl, she was riding to come to the meeting. We just preached. It was the third day. She went out. A guy was going to rape her. Picked her up in the car to bring her to the meeting. He took her out to the woods to rape her. She started praying in the tongue. She started speaking God's covenant promises, which I just preached on the day before. No harm shall come to me. Satan will have no rights. She started speaking that word out loud. This guy absolutely panicked and went crazy, slammed on the brakes. Please stop. I can't take this anymore. You're driving me crazy. He drove her to the, to the meetings, opened the door, let her out, and got in the car and drove away. That's the God we serve. That same group of meetings, another young man whose father and mother were witch doctors. Serious witch doctors. You have no idea what kind of witch doctor. These guys were serious. He gets home. He's a 16-year-old boy. The father's there to meet him. When that spirit enters the door, the spirit of God enters the door, the father comes after him with a butcher knife to kill him because of what this boy represented. He knew it right away. Our battle's not against flesh and blood. Satan is the same way. He's out to kill us spiritually. Principalities, rulers of darkness, but he's given us all power against it, so they have no power anyway against the church. He has no power. Don't let him walk on you. Don't let him trample on you. Don't let him trample on your marriage, on your home, anything you touch. Stop him in your path. Use the word of God. Let the word of God come alive in you. Let it transform you. Let it transform everything you touch and do. Let word come out of your life. Let word come out of your mouth. And start speaking truth to your children and your neighbors in your community. Let's stop begging God for things and let's take the authority of God and drive back Satan. And drive back the things that are hindering our church from going forward to where God wants us. The greatest revival that this country has ever seen is going to happen here in this valley. It's going to, that's a fact of life. God showed me that 30 years ago. I was involved with one of the greatest revivals you can imagine in the Arctic. You have no idea. Hundreds of kids were running from the school into the church. Hundreds. Unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. They were so hungry for the glory of God, and the glory of God was falling on them. They couldn't even do their schoolwork in class. They were sitting in class in a daze. The teachers were asking me what to do, if I could help them out at least. They were doing nothing wrong doing nothing. They were just so much under the presence of God, they couldn't operate because God was healing them from all the, the destruction, from generational curses, from everything you can imagine. Fetal alcohol syndrome. You know, I'm not even going to go there. Everything you can imagine. 
goes on in villages. It's hidden more here. Up there it's exposed because no place to go. But God had a way. He just came in there and he moved mountains. And he showed me that the greatest revival that's ever going to happen in this country is right here in this area. He's bringing a portion of his presence here that's going to blow your minds. But he wants you. We're the ones to usher it in. With faith. Heartfelt faith. He's looking for two or three that will stand with him. And stand on his word and change our community. Not take nothing. I hear all kinds of struggles for this building. Da 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 dee. Somebody says, well, you got to talk to Dr. No, I don't. My faith is not in Dr. Morocco. My faith is this way. Dr. Morocco wants it this way. He doesn't want to carry my burdens too. God carried them already. Why should I give them to the head of the church? That's crazy. He can't handle all that. That's overwhelming. Some days it's overwhelming for me. You know what I mean? (laughs) So God's a big God. And he loves you beyond understanding. He not only wants to use you, he's going to use you. You know why? Because you want to be used. Kids, listen to me. Just because you're a kid means nothing. You can move mountains for your God. Get in that Bible and find some little things, little covenant promises. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. That's one right there. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Nothing's impossible to him who believes in Jesus. Nothing. Why don't you stand up? The clock goes way too fast. I'm sorry, but it's just like, wow. It's an honor. It's such a great honor to share God's love in his presence and his word, you people. You have no idea what it means to me. The word of God is so exciting. And it means so much. Get in it. Don't rely on your pastor to feed you. Allow the Holy Spirit to teach you. Ask him. Holy Spirit, teach me. Let your word come alive in me. That's his job. The job of the Holy Spirit is to teach you, to guide you, to empower you. Ask him. Just ask him. Holy Spirit, help me. Let's do that right now. Holy Spirit, teach me. Help me, Holy Spirit. Guide me. Convict me. Have your way. Use me for the glory of God, further the kingdom of God. Let your anointing so engulf me right now, Holy Spirit. I invite your presence into my life right now. If there's anything in my life that would hinder your spirit from invading my body, invading my heart, I ask you to forgive me right now. Wash me clean of any sin in my life that would hinder me. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you listen to me carefully here. You walk out of this room and you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life. Verbally asked him to come into your life, to be Lord of your life. I'm going to tell you something. You walk out to this door, you got hit by a car, you're going to burn in hell. It's as simple as that. The key is to allow him to be Lord of your life. If you want to ask Jesus into your life, I want you to pray this prayer with me right now. We'll pray it all together. Father God, I come to you in Jesus' name. Father, forgive me for all the sins I committed. Forgive me for now trusting you, Lord. Forgive me for not speaking life. Father, 
I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit and with your glory. Come into my life. Set me free. Engulf me with all your presence. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, peace, gentleness, mercy, and love. Let it rule and reign in my life. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name.